This is day 82 in our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing Ezra chapters 3 through 7. Lord Heavenly Father, slow us down today. Help us to stop and realize just how little we pay attention to you. Just how we allow the things of this world to distract us, our own egos, our devices, our jobs, our families, our hobbies, whatever it is, Lord, that causes us to not look fully at your face and to just hold ourselves back. Lord, we have so much potential in you. It's endless. It's limitless because you are limitless. Lord, please touch our hearts today. Soften us toward your will and that we would prioritize you over all things, that we would choose no other gods before you. Please help us to cast out any idols that hold us back, even if the idol is our self. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Please allow the Holy Spirit to teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now when the seventh month came, and the sons of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered together as one man to Jerusalem. Then Jeshua, the son of Josadak, and his brothers, the priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his brothers, arose and built the altar of the Lord of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, as it was written in the law of Moses, the man of God. So they set up the altar on its foundation, for they were terrified because of the peoples of the lands, and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, burnt offerings morning and evening. They celebrated the Feast of Booths, as it is written, and offered the fixed number of burnt offerings daily, according to the ordinance, as each day required. And afterward, there was a continual burnt offering, also for the new moons and for all the fixed festivals of the Lord that were consecrated, and from everyone who offered a freewill offering to the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, but the foundation of the temple of the Lord had not been laid. Then they gave money to the masons and carpenters, and food, drink, and oil to the Sidonians and to the Tyrians, to bring cedar wood from Lebanon to the sea at Joppa, according to the permission they had from Cyrus, king of Persia. Now in the second year of their coming to the house of God at Jerusalem in the second month, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, and the rest of their brothers, the priests and the Levites, and all who came from the captivity to Jerusalem, began the work and appointed the Levites from twenty years and older to oversee the work of the house of the Lord. Then Jeshua, with his sons and brothers, stood united with Cadmiel and his sons, the sons of Judah and the sons of Henadad, with their sons and brothers, the Levites, to oversee the workmen in the temple of God. Now when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord according to the directions of King David of Israel. They sang, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his loving kindness is upon Israel forever. 
And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Yet many of the priests and Levites, and heads of fathers' households, the old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, while many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the shout of joy from the sound of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard far away. Now when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the people of the exile were building a temple to the Lord God of Israel, they approached Zerubbabel and the heads of fathers' households, and said to them, Let us build with you, for we, like you, seek your God. And we have been sacrificing to him since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us up here. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua and the rest of the heads of fathers' households of Israel said to them, You have nothing in common with us in building a house to our God, but we ourselves will together build to the Lord God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah, and frightened them from building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their counsel all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Now in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, they wrote an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. And in the days of Artaxerxes, Bishlam, Mithridath, Tabil, and the rest of his colleagues wrote to Artaxerxes, king of Persia. And the text of the letter was written in Aramaic and translated from Aramaic. Rehum, the commander, and Shimshai, the scribe, wrote a letter against Jerusalem to king Artaxerxes as follows. Then wrote Rehum, the commander, and Shimshai, the scribe, and the rest of their colleagues, the judges, and the lesser governors, the officials, the secretaries, the men of Erech, the Babylonians, the men of Susa, that is the Elamites, and the rest of the nations which the great and honorable Osnipur deported and settled in the city of Samaria, and in the rest of the region beyond the river. Now this is the copy of the letter which they sent to him. To King Artaxerxes your servants, the men in the region beyond the river. And now let it be known to the king that the Jews who came up from you have come to us at Jerusalem. They are rebuilding the rebellious and evil city and are finishing the walls and repairing the foundations. Now let it be known to the king that if that city is rebuilt and the walls are finished, they will not pay tribute, custom, or toll and it will damage the revenue of the kings. Now, because we are in the service of the palace, and it is not fitting for us to see the king's dishonor, therefore we have sent and informed the king, so that a search may be made in the record books of your fathers. And you will discover in the record books and learn that that city is a rebellious city and damaging to kings and provinces.
and that they have incited revolt within it in past days. Therefore that city was laid waste. We inform the king that if that city is rebuilt and the walls finished, as a result, you will have no possession in the province beyond the river. Then the king sent an answer to Rehum the commander, to Shimshai the scribe, and to the rest of their colleagues who lived in Samaria and in the rest of the provinces beyond the river. Peace. And now the document which you have sent to us has been translated and read before me. A decree has been issued by me, and a search has been made, and it has been discovered that that city has risen up against the kings in past days, that rebellion and revolt have been perpetrated in it, that mighty kings have ruled over Jerusalem, governing all the provinces beyond the river, and that tribute, custom, and toll were paid to them. So now, issue a decree to make these men stop work, that this city may not be rebuilt until a decree is issued by me. Beware of being negligent in carrying out this matter. Why should damage increase to the detriment of the kings? Then, as soon as the copy of King Artaxerxes' document was read before Rehum and Shimshai the scribe and their colleagues, they went in haste to Jerusalem to the Jews and stopped them by force of arms. Then work on the house of God in Jerusalem ceased, and it was stopped until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. When the prophets Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, who was over them, then Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Joshua the son of Josadak arose and began to rebuild the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. At that time, Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Shethar Bozani and their colleagues came to them and spoke to them thus, Who issued you a decree to rebuild this temple and to finish this structure? Then we told them accordingly what the names of the men were who were reconstructing this building. But the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews, and they did not stop them until a report could come to Darius, and then a written reply be returned concerning it. This is the copy of the letter which Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Shathar Bozani and his colleagues, the officials, who were beyond the river, sent to Darius the king. They sent a report to him, in which it was written thus, To Darius the king, all peace. Let it be known to the king that we have gone to the province of Judah, to the house of the great God, which is being built with huge stones, and beams are being laid in the walls, and this work is going on with great care and is succeeding in their hands. Then we asked those elders and said to them thus, Who issued you a decree to rebuild this temple and to finish the structure? We also asked them their names, so as to inform you, 
and that we might write down the names of the men who were at their head. Thus they answered us, saying, We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our fathers had provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this temple and deported the people to Babylon. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house of God. Also, the gold and silver utensils of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and brought them to the temple of Babylon, these King Cyrus took from the temple of Babylon, and they were given to one whose name was Sheshpazar, whom he had appointed governor. He said to him, Take these utensils, go and deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be rebuilt in its place. Then that Sheshbazar came and laid the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem. And from then until now it has been under construction, and it is not yet completed. Now, if it pleases the king, let a search be conducted in the king's treasure house, which is there in Babylon, if it be that a decree was issued by King Cyrus to rebuild this house of God at Jerusalem, and let the king send to us his decision concerning this matter. Then King Darius issued a decree, and search was made in the archives, where the treasures were stored in Babylon. In Ekbatana, in the fortress, which is in the province of Media, a scroll was found, and there was written in it as follows. Memorandum. In a first year of King Cyrus, Cyrus the king issued a decree. Concerning the house of God at Jerusalem, let the temple, the place where sacrifices were offered, be rebuilt, and let its foundations be retained, its height being sixty cubits, and its width sixty cubits with three layers of huge stones and one layer of timbers. And let the cost be paid from the royal treasury. Also, let the gold and silver utensils of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and brought it to Babylon, be returned and brought to their places in the temple in Jerusalem. And you shall put them in the house of God. Now therefore, Tatanai, governor of the province beyond the river, Shethar Bozanai, and your colleagues, the officials of the provinces beyond the river, keep away from there. Leave this work on the house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, I issue a decree concerning what you are to do for these elders of Judah, in the rebuilding of this house of God. The full cost is to be paid to these people from the royal treasury out of the taxes of the province beyond the river, and that without delay. Whatever is needed, both young bulls, rams, and lambs for a burnt offering to the God of heaven, and wheat, salt, wine, and anointing oil, 
as the priests in Jerusalem request, it is to be given to them daily without fail, that they may offer acceptable sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. And I issued a decree that any man who violates this edict, a timber shall be drawn from his house, and he shall be impaled on it, and his house shall be made a refuse heap on account of this. May the God who has caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who attempts to change it, so as to destroy this house of God in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have issued this decree. Let it be carried out with all diligence. Then Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, Shathar Bozanai and their colleagues carried out the decree with all diligence, just as King Darius had sent. And the elders of the Jews were successful in building through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. And they finished building according to the command of the God of Israel and the decree of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. This temple was completed on the third day of the month Adar. It was the sixth year of the reign of Darius. And the sons of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of this house of God with joy. They offered for the dedication of this temple of God 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs, and as a sin offering for all Israel, 12 male goats, corresponding to the number of the tribes of Israel. Then they appointed the priests to their divisions and the Levites in their orders for the service of God in Jerusalem, as it is written in the book of Moses. The exiles observed the Passover on the 14th of the first month. For the priests and the Levites had purified themselves together. All of them were pure. Then they slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the exiles, both for their brothers, the priests, and for themselves. The sons of Israel, who returned from exile, and all those who had separated themselves from the impurity of the nations of the land to join them, to seek the Lord God of Israel, ate the Passover. And they observed the Feast of Unleavened Bread seven days with joy, for the Lord had caused them to rejoice and had turned the heart of the king of Assyria toward them to encourage them in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. Now after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, there went up Ezra, son of Sariah, son of Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Shalom, son of Zadok, son of Ahitub, son of Amariah, son of Azariah, son of Mereoth, son of Zerahiah, son of Uzi, son of Buki, son of Abishua, son of Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the chief priest. This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all he requested because the hand of the Lord his God was upon him. 
some of the sons of Israel, and some of the priests, the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, and the temple servants, went up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. He came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which is in the seventh year of the king. For on the first of the first month he began to go up from Babylon, and on the first of the fifth month he came to Jerusalem, because the good hand of his God was upon him. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it, and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. Now this is the copy of the decree which King Artaxerxes gave to Ezra the priest, the scribe, learned in the words of the commandments of the Lord and his statutes to Israel. Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, perfect peace. And now I have issued a decree that any of the people of Israel and their priests and the Levites in my kingdom, who are willing to go to Jerusalem, may go with you. For as much as you are sent by the king and his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem, according to the law of your God which is in your hand, and to bring the silver and gold which the king and his counselors have freely offered to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem, with all the silver and gold which you find in the whole province of Babylon, along with the free will offering of the people and of the priests, who offered willingly for the house of their God which is in Jerusalem. With this money, therefore, you shall diligently buy bulls, rams, and lambs, with their grain offerings and their drink offerings, and offer them on the altar of the house of your God which is in Jerusalem. Whatever seems good to you and to your brothers to do with the rest of the silver and gold, you may do according to the will of your God. Also, the utensils which are given to you for the service of the house of your God, deliver in full before the God of Jerusalem. The rest of the needs for the house of your God, for which you may have occasion to provide, provide for it from the royal treasury. I, even I, King Artaxerxes, issue a decree to all the treasurers who are in the provinces beyond the river, that whatever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, may require of you, it shall be done diligently, even up to one hundred talents of silver, one hundred cores of wheat, one hundred baths of wine, one hundred baths of oil, and salt as needed. Whatever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be done with zeal for the house of the God of heaven, so that there will not be wrath against the kingdom of the king and his sons. We also inform you that it is not allowed to impose tax, tribute, or toll on any of the priests, Levites, singers, doorkeepers, Nethanim, or servants of this house of God. You, Ezra, according to the wisdom of your God which is in your hand, appoint magistrates and judges that they may judge all the people who are in the province beyond the river, even all those who know the laws of your God, 
and you may teach anyone who is ignorant of them. Whoever will not observe the law of your God and the law of the king, let judgment be executed upon him strictly, whether for death or for banishment or for confiscation of goods or for imprisonment. Blessed be the Lord, the God of our fathers, who has put such a thing as this in the king's heart, to adorn the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem, and has extended loving kindness to me before the king and his counselors, and before all the king's mighty princes. Thus I was strengthened according to the hand of the Lord my God upon me, and I gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me. So we started off the book of Ezra seeing that King Cyrus was the first one to give the order to go to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. And along the way, we see that as they were beginning to offer sacrifices and to build the foundation of the temple, there were some people that tried to get in the way. There were some influences on that side that were trying to stop the work of restoring Jerusalem. And the way that they framed it in such a way was to show that they historically are a rebellious people. And so why would you allow a rebellious people to rebuild their land and their cities? So that's where they were trying to convince the king of Persia to go and make sure that they're aware of what they're doing in allowing them to do this. But you see that there were some people here that were mentioned that should be familiar to us as we go into later books of the Bible. So when we go to chapter 4, it talks about, in beginning of verse 6, now in the reign of Ahasuerus, okay, so Ahasuerus is King Xerxes I, and we're going to see this man because he is king in the time of Esther. So there is a godly presence in Persia during the time of Esther because of her story, as she is one of his consort. But also you're going to see Artaxerxes and you're going to see Darius. Those names also play a role because there is also a counselor and a very influential man who had some events happen in his life during their reign. And that man is Daniel. So you see that behind the scenes, it doesn't really specifically say it, but behind the scenes you can see God working in Persia for the sake of the Jewish people. Even though they had abandoned him, he had exiled them, and it had been about 70 years at this point before they returned to Jerusalem, God was not done with them. He had not abandoned them. He had looked for an opportunity to bring them back and restore them. And now is the time. So these men tried to convince King Artaxerxes that he was doing something wrong. He looked in the archives, and they ended up finding a document that said that very same thing, that they are a rebellious city and that they don't pay taxes. They will try to, you know, secede from the empire. And they're going to do everything they can to be 
independent and separate. And so the documentation, his, you know, the historical documentation that they found supported that. And so he issued a decree that, hey, you need to stop building that temple. They cannot rebuild that city or else it's, we're just going to repeat history. And so it caused it to stop for a time. Then when we get to King Darius in chapter 5, it, first it talks about two of the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. These are the same prophets who wrote their individual books. So these are the real ones that we know of. And we haven't even seen Ezra come to the scene yet. Ezra hasn't even been announced until the end of what we read today. So all of this that happened before was not Ezra's doing. He is coming in in the middle of it and trying to run things from there. So there is a protest going on with uh, the governor of the province named Tatanai, and they are trying to figure out what they should do. So they send another letter to King Darius and saying, hey, we noticed that these guys are not obeying the first decree. And why didn't they obey the first decree? Because Haggai and Zechariah were prophesying in the name of the God of Israel, and God was instructing them to keep going, despite what the rulers had said. Is that biblical? Is that something that God can do? Absolutely he can. He can do anything he wants, really. But there will be times, and this is supported in the New Testament as well, where we have to obey God over man. If there is ever a conflict between the two, say, for example, you know, there's in this American government, there's a, so much evil and corruption going on. And there will be times where our faith will be challenged in this way. Say, for example, in the transgender movement or how you feel about the vaccines or whatever. If there is a conflict with your conscience and it's unbiblical to do this very thing. Like, for example, you can't be a Christian and support abortion. You can't. But if they're insisting and demanding that you follow abortion, then I'm sorry, but I can't abide by that. I can't agree to it because my God has a standard, and his standard is thus. And so we have to make a choice sometimes. If there is a conflict between what man wants us to do and what God wants us to do, we have to obey God. Sometimes they will not coexist. Will there be consequences? Yes, but we have to understand who God is. If we have faith in the God we worship, we know that he can get us through anything, and he can bless us far more than we imagine. There may be a period of trouble, but... God will see us through to the end, and we have to just stay strong and firm. And bear in mind as well, when these men are sending a letter to King Darius from Jerusalem all the way to Persia, that's a long journey. We saw the men who left to Jerusalem took them four months. So imagine that same kind of distance in order to get a letter over there, have it translated, have it written, and have it sent back. You're talking about almost a year to get a response from the king. It's not like they had emails and stuff back then, right? 
that directly played to the advantage of the people building the house of God, because while they were waiting for that response to the letter, they were able to do as they pleased, without interruption. But we see that they got a letter back in chapter 6 from King Darius. He searched their archives, and they found the original letter that Cyrus had written, allowing them to build the temple. And you see Darius is a believer himself, that he fears the Lord. So I'm convinced that this had happened after the time of Daniel. All those things that happened with Daniel that Darius played a part with, especially with the lion's den. I'm fairly confident that this is after that time, so where he is now thoroughly convinced of who Daniel is and who the God is that he believes in. So you see a lot of wonderful things happening behind the scenes. that We don't know how much influence Esther and Daniel had in any of this happening, but their influence certainly did work with their kings, and that is important because they're the ones that are pulling the trigger on these things. Now, what I thought was also interesting as well was that in the middle of chapter 6, we have... In verse 11, I issued a decree that any man who violates this edict, a timber shall be drawn from his house, and he shall be impaled on it. This is a predecessor to the cross. In the days of the Persians, I believe it was the Persians that invented this process, you would impale you onto a post, but it wouldn't be a cross per se. Predecessor to the cross itself, but that's where the Romans got the idea from. They said, hey, this works really well, but let's make it better as an ultimate form of torture. So I just thought that was very interesting. They mentioned that here. So then we see that they were able to complete the temple, and they were happy about it. They were able to sacrifice. and But why they were successful in doing all this? Because it says here in verse 18, they appointed the priests and did all this stuff as it is written in the book of Moses. They did it in such a way where they were in complete obedience to God and his original commands. Not just trying to do it on their own, but they're doing it exactly as God had wanted them to do it. And we see that when they are taking the Passover and enjoying the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that they had such joy in it because the Lord had caused them to rejoice. Meaning that he had softened their hearts toward his will. And that is beautiful to see. And then we see Ezra being commissioned here in chapter 7. He is commissioned and he is given full authority to do as he pleases for the house of God. But who is Ezra? He gives himself quite a genealogy here. Because this is his credentials, if you will. It shows you who exactly Ezra is and where his lineage comes from. If we haven't figured that out by now, the kingdom of Israel very much appreciates and respects lineage and heritage. Your family line determines who you are. And in this case, you see that he is a descendant of Aaron. And some of the other names we've seen throughout our readings, like Zadok, and Buki, and Phineas. You, you see these names we've seen before, and he is a descendant of them. Not only that, but 
he has the right to be a priest because he is of the line of Aaron, which means he could potentially serve in the temple as well as high priest, potentially. But it looks like his proper trade is that of a scholar, of a scribe. And so he is well-trained in the law, and he is going to Jerusalem in order to make sure everything is going according to the law, and he's going to teach it. So he's going to be the spiritual leader uh, of these people once he reaches his destination, in which it took him four months to get to Jerusalem himself. But he has the full backing of the king. And the king said, anything that he needs, we'll pull it out of the royal treasuries. Persia will pay for anything that he needs. That's an all-expense-paid trip and all the resources you can muster to make this happen. God is using the nations around Jerusalem for his benefit and for the benefit of his people. And God can do that with anybody, anywhere. He can cause any nation to prosper that trusts him. We don't, as a nation, really trust him right now because there's so many wayward souls. And those that are saved by grace, like me, sometimes we're not effective as we should be. Sometimes we're dormant or we are laid back or backslidden or idle. And that is a shame. So I hope that we are not that way, and if we are, it is not too late to change while we draw breath. May we be like Ezra, who is able to do as he needs to in order to make sure he is successful in the name of God, not in his name. And that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.